With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Cassidy being alive and direct, coming to you from Los Angeles, California, on the uh, 7 p.m. side of dawn. It's been some time since we've conversed. I'm actually getting over a bad case of strep throat. Before that, I had a severe case of the flu. You know, it's kind of interesting this winter out here in uh, where we are in California. It's like 80 degrees in uh, December. I'm not cool with that, so it kind of messes up with my body. I need some snow. I need some leather or something. So, people, I hope everything's going well. I hope I don't sound like the stalker from uh, Scream. You know, uh, he knows you're alone or something like that. How you guys been? I haven't talked to you guys, I think, in about two months. We've done some filming. Yes, you keep asking, when's the Congo film going to get done? It will get done. You know, I'm kind of like the driving force behind everything with God and the ancestors by my side and have a really good team working with me on this group. So, I can't really complain too much because... When you have a good team around you, as uh, my mentor Bill Wynn would say, uh, when you have a good team, everything flows. When you don't have a good team, nothing flows except downhill. So we did a shoot this past November 16th. We were almost done with this one particular scene that had Chris Kamal and Isadora Ortega. We were that close, but some people started being drama, so we said, you know, we'll just finish this at the next location. People, how you been? How's everything been going out there? Everything going well? Can't complain. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa to all my friends out there, my atheist folks. You have a safe celebration. Whatever you do, everybody everybody be cool and stay chill. What's today's topic? What do you think it's going to be? The election back in DRC that took place a couple of days ago. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. It's been a crazy uh, situation in DRC. So let's have a little voice here in reference to... Uh, uh, Yvonne Nadej from Al Jazeera. Let's hear her words on this, and then we'll come back with a commercial break, all right? Let's hear what she has to say about the election of the DRC. Uh, she made these comments back on December 4th. Kinshasa. Well, what opposition groups say is that the manner in which the electoral body is releasing results is very selective. 
Remember something like 33% of ballots in the presidential race have been counted, given the incumbent, uh, President Joseph Kabila, a lead of something like 54% against the leader of the opposition, Etienne Chisakedi, who's coming in with about 34%. But what the opposition are saying is that the results that have been announced are coming from strongholds of the incumbent, places where he's popular, and that results in strongholds of the opposition are not being released. For example, here the capital, uh, Kinshasa, where something like 4 million people live, only 3.3% of ballots have been counted here, when something like 64 million ballot papers that were printed for this election uh, were initially delivered and distributed from. What they say is that this is a concerted effort by the electoral authority to help the incumbent uh, rig the election. Election observers have also uh, cast a huge shadow of doubt over the results that are coming out. They say they've witnessed uh, ballot box stuffing, um, people turning up at polling stations and not finding their names, and many other irregularities. Now, all of this is stoking fears that there could be violence. Remember, something like 18 people have been killed in election-related violence in the last week or so, and the opposition are saying that if uh, the electoral body doesn't start announcing what they call the real results, there's going to be huge potential uh, for violence here in the capital. And let me tell you, the situation we have is, is, seems awfully familiar across the continent of Africa. I'm not saying it's just unique to the continent of, uh, of Africa. It's also seen in other nations, other continental elections. It just seems to be, once again, we have a person that ran for office, the incumbent, and we have a main challenger to that person. And when the results don't come the way that people feel should come, there's always a stalemate. Um, Joseph, President Joseph Kabila right now is the, uh, he was sworn in a few days ago as the president of the DRC. Etienne Chesakedi came in second. He had his own swearing in at his home. He wanted to have it at the uh, Stadium du Martyr, um, Martyr, Stadiums of Martyr, Martyr Stadium. But uh, President Joseph Kabila's forces blocked his entrance there. So uh, Etienne Chesakedi decided to have his swearing in at his house. Hopefully not in the hot tub or anything like that. But he had his swearing in at his house. So right now, we're, we're, everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen. We have parliamentary elections um those results are coming in, but there has been a halt on those on that election count by the Electoral Commission as they want to wait for foreign uh, vote checkers, I don't know what you call those people, vote counters to come into uh, DRC from the EU, and I believe some are coming from the United States. I'm not sure if the Carter Center is involved in that. So they want to wait until those experts, quote-unquote experts, come in to make the count of the ballots for the election. Though it's kind of funny that no one wanted to wait for these experts to come in when it came to the presidential count, but they were, they're able to wait for the parliamentary count. So let's take a quick commercial break, and we get up to speed here. We're going to be on live for about an hour and 30 minutes because we have a lot of catching up to do with the DRC election. It's very critical, very important. All right, so if you haven't make your phone calls in here, 646-595-2892, 646-595-2892. I'm going to see if I can open the chat room later on. So people, let's do a little house music, have in place on this sometime. Let's get down because right now I'm alone. Uh, Giselle, our new assistant, is on vacation also. So let's get down. <laughs>
here we go, a little Mika singing alone. And I'm alone. Don't come home with me because you don't live here. <laughs> so, people, let's get back to our groove. You know, right now, again, we're at a stalemate. We have President Joseph Kabila was sworn in again several days ago. And we have uh, Etienne Jesse Kennedy swore himself in at his house. And, again, I hope he didn't do it in the hot tub um, in his residence swearing himself in. And I think the problem is that the people that's going to suffer are the people. Uh, you know, it's um, the conflict, particularly the many programs that have taken place against the Baluba, is of concern to me because that's Chesakati being a Baluba. There's a lot of Balubas down there in uh, the Katanga province and Shaba province. And the gentleman that's in charge of the assembly down there, well, his hands isn't exactly clean when it's come to violence towards the Baluba. And what I'm concerned about is that, as they, the phrase my younger brother Lucas is always fond of saying, when the elephants clash, the people suffer. And right now, a clash between President Joseph Kabila and, and Etienne Chesakiti, the only people, you know, President Kabila won't suffer physically, and Etienne Chesakiti won't suffer physically. It's the people on the ground that's going to suffer. And I think we have to come to a decision on what's going to be best for the country. I'm not in office. I'm not physically in Kinshasa. I won't be there for another couple couple of months. So it's not for me to say what people need to do who are on the ground there. But what I like to see is some kind of, I don't want to say a compromise. I just want to see some kind of motion, some kind of action where it's saying we need to do what's best for the country right now and get move past this stalemate. Conversely, the opposition, the opposition has, some, has to take some of the blame in the situation because more people are so focused on defeating President Joseph Kabila that they neglected to say, well, how are we going to do that without a strong opposition? And when you have, there's rumors about why this candidate ran or why this candidate ran. Do they really run to run for office or do they really run to um, what they paid to run to take votes away from this particular individual? But right now, that the people, we, we can't have a situation where uh, it's almost like the L.A. riots where we're burning down buildings and stuff like that. We have to have a situation where we are now saying, look, he has been sworn in. We have to put pressure on his administration and Jesse Kennedy to come together, some kind of unified front, and, and work for the betterment of the country. Because right now, Congo needs to be unified. Now, let's go back in a little history, um, not too far back, but there's a conversation on uh, that escapes me at this moment with our young Congolese brethren, uh, Jacques Bahati. I believe it took place with, it was with In Focus back in November 30th, uh, 2011. And as regard to it was a discussion about the DRC election. So let's hear what he had to say. It's about four minutes. So let's hear what he had to say. And let's be fair because I'm going to give some words also from our president. Let's go. Uh, this is, again, Brother Jacques Bahati speaking on uh, the segment In Focus. It took place November 30th, 2011. Joining us now for more about Congo's election is Jacques Bahati, Policy Director for the Africa Faith and Justice Network. Welcome to In Focus, Mr. Bahati. Thank you very much. Thank you much so much for, for being me. back with us. You were here not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Now, specifically about these elections, as a Congolese, how significant do you think they are in really bringing about meaningful change? Um, this exercise is very, very important. Uh, as far as um, uh, meaningful change, I don't expect so much, but the exercise in itself is very important in building Congolese capacity to uh, go forward as a democratic uh, nation. What would you want to see come out of these elections? What is of real concern to you that you feel these elections should address? Uh, these elections should have been a necessary forum for uh, uh, providing uh, the, the plan for the country, namely uh, security, mm -hmm. uh, freedom, uh, human rights, and many more. Uh, and I want to underscore the fact that uh, the Congo is unstable and we need peace. 
in the eastern part, we still have militias, we still have the threats of neighbors. Mm -hmm. uh, the one who is to take on this country must address those issues. And it looks like it might be Mr. Kabila again. How, in your opinion, is he likely to tackle that issue? How popular is he and how, what's the likelihood that he will be re-elected and that, and that he will address those issues? Uh, I think uh, Kabila m could be re-elected uh, as far as I'm concerned, given the fact that he changed the constitution to just accommodate his his re-election. Um, that means uh, he will not change that much. He has been in power for quite some time and we don't expect him to do better than he did. Um, giving space for, to other people would be a better uh, move. Well, there are 10 presidential candidates um, who are vying for the presidency. How mm -hmm. likely is any of them going to unseat? How is Etienne Shekedi, for instance, or do any of them really pose a strong challenge to Kabila? Um, I am not very sure, but it's good to try, but um, uh, the likelihood for any of the opposition to be uh, elected is very slim. Unfortunately, the opposition did not uh, consolidate uh, their position so that they can present one candidate to stand against Kabila. That could have been the best uh, move, but uh, a divided opposition is very weak. Now, uh, Mr. Kabila is promising, if he's re-elected, mm -hmm. to address among, the, among other issues, of course, security, as you mentioned, but also infrastructure, create jobs, and uh, address education, health care. What, in your opinion, has been the reason why he has not adequately addressed those? Uh, the vision. He lacks vision. That young man um, does not have the gut to address the issues that Congo has. Congo has been ruled by a dictator for so long and the issues are so deep um, so um, we need somebody with a greater vision and who is strong and we, we see the same behavior of m taking more from the, the nation than giving to the nation many people are talking about the, the, what he has built in the, in, in the West and so on but we want to know how much those who are uh, around him and him took out of the accounts uh, in, in, in this process, mm -hmm. and that is a very big issue. Last time you were here, we were talking about the um, sexual violence in Eastern Congo. In your opinion, has there been any change, considering that there are laws against sexual violence there? The, the law is there, but those who are committing the crimes are still in the bushes. And that is some have been prosecuted, though. Some, some people have been prosecuted, and we need to see who. Uh, those they, they, they choose to give out, then they let them be prosecuted. But there are many, many more who should be prosecuted, but they are protected. So um, okay. the militias need to be uh, uh, dealt with, and, and the other uh, grievances uh, from those who are causing problems need to be, uh, need to be addressed. Thank you so much. We've run out of time. All right. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you coming to be with us. Jacques Bahati, policy analyst with the Africa Faith and Justice Network, a Catholic-based organization that advocates for better U.S. relations with Africa on issues such as peace building, human rights, and justice. I think it's a very interesting segment and what Brother Jacques was talking about. He made some interesting points. For those that's not familiar with, we need to talk about the uh, change or the amendment to the Constitution. What had happened was uh, it was raised as it was in, I believe, in 2006, there had to be a runoff. There was a two-round election process. And several months ago, or maybe even last year, uh, President Joseph Kabila had, had the courts amend that constitution and have it be a winner take on the first round. Some people didn't like it. Some people did. For me, it's like, you know, either way, you know, 
if you're a strong opposition and your campaign is tight and it's smooth, you're going to defeat the, the individual. If it's not, you're going to lose. I think the problem I'm having, and I had mentioned this also today on uh, when I was uh, interviewing with Brother Keedy on Lib Radio in reference to the DRC, is that a lot of people were, are protesting now. I'm not saying people weren't protesting a few months back, but when word came out that President Kabila had, cha- had made the changes to the Constitution or the, the voting uh, law, what have you, there were all these protests in Europe, in the States, Canada. There wasn't all these protests out there. It seemed to be as the election was getting closer and closer, then you saw Kabila degage this or, um, you know, we have to get the Belgians out. Oh, what, what happened? You just saw a lot of protests. But my question is, you know, you don't complain about the baby. You don't complain about your girlfriend being pregnant after she had the baby. Does that make sense? This should have been discussed and should have been rationalized back in the day because if it was changed from a two-round to a one-round, then this is the opportunity for a lot of us, particularly those on the ground who are running, to say, look. And people may say it's easier said than done, but it's, it would have been easier for us on the ground to say, look, it's going to be a one-round election. Which one of us is the strongest that can that can win this election? Is it Brother Etienne? Is it Vital? Is it a woman? Who, who, who was it? That's what, what should have been done. Instead, what happened is that we saw this divergence again, where people change their energy from looking at, well, you know, we don't like them, so let's get rid of them. Instead of putting their energy back towards who can we unify behind to win this election. And I think even right now, it's not myself putting my life on the line. The people that are putting their life on the lines, I mean, I can do what I can do with my voice here, and we can do what we can do as we're listening. But the people on the ground back home are the ones who are putting their life on the line by saying, we don't agree with this. So when it comes to the elections, we just can't look at the elections and say, well, you know, the elections are done, but let's just keep protesting. His, his, his mandate is for five years. What can the Congolese do to put, to put forward a strong candidate to win the next election? You already see in Senegal where the president there, even though he signed his own, he signed his own law that said he had to be termed out after two terms, he's now saying he's going for a third term because the law he signed into, into law itself, he said is not retroactive towards him. So this is a situation where we really have to look at what's going on and make a decision, okay, how can we move forward? Because in the end, the only people that's going to suffer are the Congolese. Now, I touched, the, I touched on the aspect of women in this election, and I'm really dismayed that more women candidates didn't come forward and step, you know, say, uh, I'd like to go for office. Then again, some may have decided to and were talked out of it. But BBC had a conversation with uh, Shana Mangwana in reference to the women's voices in Congo. Let's hear what she has to say. Again, this is Shana uh, Mangwanga, and she spoke recently on BBC Radio. Let's see what she has to say about the issue of women in the election electoral process. Votes are still being counted in the Democratic Republic of Congo, but already the two leading presidential candidates are acting as though they've both won. Well, one disenfranchised group in these votes appears to be women. Despite there being some 500 seats in Parliament, not one of the candidates is a woman. Director Shana Mongwanga, who's made a film on the subject, gave me her view. Things are getting worse for women. In the national level, there's a constitutional law, Article 14 of the Constitution says that it should guarantee the right for women to be represented in the country. And that constitutional law has not been made into, integrated into the law because of some men um, in Parliament just refused for the law to pass in. So the women are fighting really hard to be able to be present. For instance, for this 
election, um, many of the party did not have to have uh, a minimum quota of women be represented. There's no women present at the candidacy level. Are you saying it's just a sexist society, that the, there are these guys in power that just don't want women because they don't think they're capable, or you're saying they feel threatened? Or, or no, I, well, I think it's getting rid of whatever um, political enemies you can, and women's easier, especially when you have a civil society, which also has not been doing its job in terms of empowering women, when you have an international community, which also has not been doing its job in terms of making sure that the women are capacitated. And you believe women in power... Uh, take on women's rights issues and make it better. It's that simple. I believe in equality of rights. I right. believe that in Congo, there 53% of the population in Congo are women. 53%. That country cannot work out if you don't have a strong base of women. What, 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 when you talk about uh, you, you know capacitating and empowering and all that, what, what does it mean in, in sort of daily life beyond trying to get women in positions of mayors and MPs and so on? What, what, what does it mean? What do you want to happen to improve the lives of women? Well, it means that to allow them um, to be taking care of the practicalities for their lives as, as women, at the same time, bearing in mind that you're in a very traditional society still, um, it is about working mainly on men so that they know that women speak on some issues that to be taken seriously, and that is not happening. Okay, as a, as a you know, film director, tell me some of the more shocking or surprising footage you've shot that, that reflects... Um, treated women can be. Well, my work is not focused on showing the image of uh, an African woman or Congolese woman, the usual image of um, victim, the victimhood. We need to depart from that because women are fighting and you need to watch Congo Common Cause. It is not the victimhood image. Congolese women are tired of that, and this is a strong message in the film as well. They say to international organizations, stop using our image just to get money because situations on the ground are not changing. You're claiming money for this, this, this project. On the ground, the situation is not changing. Things are not improving, and you need to stop using you know, the victimhood of Congolese women, and this is really what um, my work is focused on. Director Shana Mongwanga. Mm, now nah, she touched on some key points there that uh, I was actually going to address in a further show the images and a long time complaint of how a lot of these advocates who are running around making money off the images of us suffering. You know, see, I was asked this question by again Brother Keaton on his show today when he asked that question in reference to uh, uh, the the uh, fight for what's going on in Congo. And I think that one of the issues we have, we have several battles going on. On one hand, we have Dodd Frank, that law was passed. And in, within that law was uh, an aspect that dealt con with con conflict minerals. I'm not sure if it's actually, yes, uh, conflict minerals that uh, in reference to DRC and what have you in reference to the trade and the illegal trade, and which is actually one of the reasons why we have the war. Now, the ironic thing is that we understand it's, it's, it's having an effect in eastern Congo, uh, the eastern part of the Congo. Because sometimes, I say that because some people talk about eastern Congo as though it's some separate entity altogether from the DRC, which it is not. But the problem is that there's been, there's been two key issues that have been pushed to the forefront of the agenda of DRC. It's been conflict minerals and, and the rape of women. And to effect, and, and by the, the top of the triangle, the exploitation of Congo itself and the abuse of the people. Now, with Dodd-Frank, there's a lot of there's some, some, some criticism by some people saying that, well, essentially they're not, they're not for it. But I'm wondering if there's some hating going on, going on with that criticism because their organization or they themselves were unable to push that legislation to get through or have not pushed their own legislation. I feel it's a good – uh, the Dodd-Frank is, is very effective because it's interesting how several weeks ago, uh, President Kagame of Rwanda, uh, they uh, had 100 tons of conflict mineral in their country that they said, oh, Congolese, we have your minerals and you know, it shouldn't be here. It needs to be back in your country. But I'm wondering because they couldn't sell the product. They said, you know, we might just give it back. So, but on that on, on that note, 
that's that's only one leg of the problem. The other leg is what our sister here was talking about in reference to the image of the, of the Congolese women. As she said, portraying them as victims, rape victims, and just miserable people that are suffering in their lot in life. And all these people are whipping out posters about women being oppressed, abused, ripped, and raped, and murdered, and, and conscripted into the militias, what have you. And they're making all this money. But as she said herself, I didn't say it, she said it. The situation has not changed on the ground because they're living this and they are fighting. Yet the image you see is, is of, some, of Connelly's women, oh, woe is me. I did, no. And I, I, I like the point she's saying. Now, is rape the leading, leading agenda of, 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 the, of the advocacy movement or the fight for Congo? Uh, for some people it is. But again, that's a separate leg because the danger is if you portray the women as being victims as the rape capital of, of the world, then what you're doing is you're portraying the Congolese men because, to be honest, they're not showing any distinction between the rapists, the militias, and the Congolese men that are really fighting to hold that country together and being respect and being respective to the country and to the women and the population. If you say the women are being raped there and it's the rape capital of the world, then you're saying all oh, the Congolese men are rapists. Let's get down to the point, and that's how it gets down, and that's so far from the truth. So we have that point there, but some people have let the rape issue led the cause. But the thing is, it can be a triangle effect, almost like the triangle offense of the Lakers, though I don't like the Lakers, I'm a Boston Celtics fan, in reference to that, okay, this legislation is dealing with conflict minerals. And it's kind of interesting, when I, as I bring that up, to think about a lot of these people criticizing Dodd-Frank are the very people who some time ago were saying what? Conflict minerals is a problem. Now Dodd-Frank is passed, they're saying, well, conflict minerals is the only problem, there are other issues. Okay, but let's use that weapon. Now we have this other weapon over here where, okay, we are talking about the rapes, but we have to control the images of what's coming out of Congo and show that the women are not just victims there. They are part of the solution, and they are, have been part of the solution for some time. So we have to show that image, and we have to use that image and say, okay, yes, we are addressing the situation of rape. But the top of the triangle or part of the triangle is leadership in Congo. In Congolese, that's where we need to make our move right there. It, 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 it serves no one to point out the flaws and negativity of this bill or that bill, or whatever, though I understand the reason where it's coming from. Yet at this point, we as Congolese have to sit back and say, look, we want a strong leadership, or we want to hold the leadership accountable, okay? So we have to focus our energy on that. The Americans won't do it. The British won't do it. The, US, the EU won't do it. The Chinese won't do it. It's up to us to do it. But if we're going to sit back and say, no, we're expecting this country to do this or that country to do that, then what stake do we have in our own country? Remember, most of us, you know, those you know, I interact with now live outside the country. They're not putting, you know, if they're in Englewood or Beverly Hills or if you're somewhere in, in, Mass, in, in Miami or in Cleveland or someplace like that. We're not out there in a demonstration and a protest getting beat down by the state forces, what have you, okay? We're not. We're not getting shot at. Then again, of course, you live in a high crime area in the United States and you're a black male. That might happen. But the thing is we have to use our resources to say, okay, fine, if this is the issue that we have to deal with now, Okay, if we have another five-year mandate with President Kabila, then right now we have to hold the leadership accountable. We've had our pro we had a protest recently in L.A. on on Friday, this past Friday. There's been protests in Ottawa. There's been protests in in, in Europe. There's been protests in South Africa. Uh, my younger brother Omekongo, go to omekongo.com, O-M-E-K-O-N-G-O, omekongo.com. He did a song called Occupy All Streets. Uh, check him out. Uh, we show some clips of the people. I put together a video for him, so I show some clips of the people protesting in Ottawa. We have everybody protesting, but again, we're, we're, we're complaining about our we're complaining about our girlfriend being pregnant after she had the baby. So right now we have to look. Okay, what is our agenda now? What we're going to do? Okay, how are we going to move forward from this stalemate? Violence and all this civil war and stuff like that is not going to solve anything, except for the depopulation of our country when more innocent people die. 
And right now, we have to be the beacon of democracy for that continent. We have to be the beacon of hope for that country, for that continent. Because what's happening around us, our, our country is the beacon of profitability for a lot of these countries that are surrounding us, even with South Africa. And that's a little issue with South Africa. We're going to have to talk to uh, in a few moments. But uh, let's hear another comment here from uh, uh, Al Jazeera's Hazim um, Sika. And again, our first uh, comment from Mr. Dejwa from Al Jazeera. So this is Hazim Sika speaking in uh, reference to the charge of voter fraud. A wall of riot police tried to smother protesters in Kinshasa. There's growing tension here in the Democratic Republic of Congo capital. Opposition supporters are angry ahead of elections in November. We are asking for democracy. We can't talk of a state of law in this country. It's a hoodlum state. The authorities had given the go-ahead for the demonstration, but when the crowds turned violent, police stepped in. When they throw stones, they don't have a precise objective. Sometimes they get hit by their own stones. The protesters had tried to march on the Independent National Electoral Commission. They accused President Kabila's party of setting up the poll in his favor by allowing the multiple registration of voters. They say the party is putting children on the voting list. We are determined. When a nation is determined to take action, it's something that becomes fundamentally important. The Electoral Commission has admitted that there were 20,000 duplicate registrations on a voter list of some 32 million people. Joseph Kabila took over power in 2001 following the murder of his father who was president. There is mounting anger over the cost of the November election and fears of a possible delay will bring more clashes on the streets of Kinshasa. Hazem Sika, Al Jazeera. Okay, people, let's take a little musical break here and we'll come back on the other side. We're actually going to do an hour show today. I just gave the wrong amount of time here. We're going to do 60 minutes. We have about 25 minutes left here. Uh, my throat is hanging, is hanging on severely, but I believe I'm doing okay. So let's take a quick little musical break here, all right? Thank you. 
instrumental to break the love by Ray. I played the French version, but uh, I think we had some children's listening to our show. So I have to play that version after midnight. Uh, people, back on the other side of Don, we're about 23 minutes left in our groove here. Um, on 11, on November 28, 2011, President Joseph Kabila made a, he addressed the nation. I think it's, we have to have fair and balance because, you know, he is the president of the country, whether you like it or not. That's just how it is at this moment. Um, again, people, um, we have to remember what the agenda is. And the agenda is a strong, prosperous, prosperous Congo for the Congolese. If we're going to protest and demonstrate, okay, what comes next? Where is the action? I can get a sign right now and go to 7th and Broadway and just start protesting. But where is the action? So my suggestion to the, to the listeners out there who are out there leading those demonstrations, sit down and say, okay, where's our next step? What is there, the action we can take that affect change? Because after a while, you know, particularly with you know, our, our Congolese folks, you get, you get uh, protesting fatigue unless there's action. All right? Let's not send the message of violence and destruction because they want to see us doing that. They want to see us out there burning and lynching and stabbing people, particularly for different ethnicities, which I'm really worried about happening to the Balubas in Katanga with the situation with, uh, with uh, Etienne Chesaketi based on comments made by the president of the assembly down there. So now, again, as I said earlier, President Joseph Kabila on November 28, 2011, addressed the nation. Let's hear, let's hear that address. Samedi 26 novembre 2011, à minuit, la campagne électorale pour les élections présidentielles et législatives a été clôturée. Conformément au calendrier arrêté par la Commission électorale nationale indépendante. Durant la période de campagne électorale, chaque candidat a eu le loisir de s'exprimer librement et de présenter son programme pour solliciter votre adhésion. 
je voudrais vous féliciter pour le calme et la discipline dont vous avez montré durant cette étape cruciale, en dépit de quelques incidents malheureux survenus, ça et là que nous déplorons tous et qui sont dus certainement à la jeunesse de notre démocratie. De même, je félicite le gouvernement ainsi que toutes les institutions de la République qui ont tout mis en œuvre pour le bon déroulement des opérations devant nous conduire à la tenue effective des élections de demain, lundi le 28 novembre 2011. Que toutes les forces de l'ordre et de sécurité, ainsi que tous nos partenaires qui nous accompagnent dans cette œuvre consolidation de notre démocratie, veuillent bien trouver ici l'expression de notre reconnaissance. Chers compatriotes, à l'issue de la campagne électorale menée sur toute l'étendue du territoire national, chacun de vous est appelé demain, lundi, à se rendre aux urnes pour élire les candidats de son choix. À cet effet, le gouvernement de la République a pris toutes les dispositions nécessaires pour assurer l'ordre public et garantir la sécurité de personnes et de biens sur toute l'étendue du territoire national. Très chers compatriotes, la République démocratique du Congo, notre pays, vient de loin d'une situation de guerre et de conflit de tout genre, avec leur suite de malheurs. Prenons garde de ne point retourner de départ. En participant au vote de demain, c'est la stabilité et l'avenir de notre pays que nous garantissons, car la paix et la stabilité sont les gages du développement. Ni le menace, ni le discours de haine, rien, alors rien, ne peut infléchir notre détermination et notre volonté commune de bâtir une nation véritablement démocratique, unie et prospère. Allons donc massivement voter demain dans le calme et la sérénité. C'est de cette façon que nous démontrerons au monde, une fois de plus, notre maturité politique. Que Dieu bénisse la République démocratique du Congo et son peuple. Je vous remercie. And there we have it, people. A message from President Joseph Kabila. It was given on uh, November 28th, uh, 2011. Sorry, my uh, non-French speaker, my apologies. I could do the translation over it, but I don't think you'll be able to hear what he had to say. So that was a message from President Joseph Kabila. So, people, we have uh, about 15 minutes left here. What are you going to do? Um,
for all these all my advocates out there, we're at a critical junction for our country. What are we going to do? You know, how are we going to make this change in, in, in our country? How are we going to keep this thing going forward? We're at, a, we're, at a, we're at a point right now where people are just wondering, you know, are they going to riot? Are they going to kill? But the people that's, the people that's benefiting right now from all this is the enemies of the country. Those that have been exploiting it, they're, they're taking advantage of the chaos. Those have been reaping the benefits at our, of our country at our expense. I mean, you know, people are talking about let's reach out to the South Africans because, you know, they're the ones that have fight with apartheid. But there's a deal that um, President Zuma um, of South Africa had in reference to the dam. Of course, they want their partnership to build that dam so they can get power down in South Africa. But yet President Zuma's son has business dealings with certain people back in the old country in reference to some of the companies that's being bought and sold on the cheap. People, we've seen this long enough. A lot, excuse my voice, I'm still dealing with bad strep throat here. We've seen this long enough. We know what's going on. We know what's been done to our country, but we know what we need to do. So people are making sacrifices for the country. They're putting their life on the line. What sacrifice can you make? You don't have to be Congolese and, you know, what have you to say, hey, we have to help, you know, help us best for DRC. But the people just want freedom and democracy, which is the word that seems to be going around all the time. But as I heard on Meet the Press today, um, democracy doesn't mean just the vote. But ironically, when I listened to Meet the Press, um, they were doing a special this past Sunday. I think it's for an entire hour talking about the, the, the election and President Obama's campaign. And it was very interesting because this gentleman, Mark Morial, if I pronounce the last name correctly, uh, he's the president and CEO, CEO of the National Urban League, powerful uh, black advocacy group. And it was very interesting. He spoke for about 15 minutes about the accomplishments of President Obama. Not once, not even Congress. Africa wasn't even mentioned. In fact, among all the hosts, and if you go to find their website and download the episode, I still have about 15 minutes left to go on that episode. The only person that mentioned Africa, I think, was Tom Brokaw when he was talking about how China is all over Africa making these deals that's going to benefit China. If it's going to benefit any of the Africans, like in Angola, it's going to benefit the Angolan government. It's not going to benefit the people or anything like that. Yeah, they can drive a little, a little easier, but driving from point A to point B I think is a the weak part of the equation that it costs a you know half a million dollars to make you know five hundred million dollars to make it, and you know ten million goes to the you know some person in government's pocket or whatever. So it was Africa wasn't even mentioned. So the issue is that if we're spending a lot, of, if we're going to spend time looking at other people to do what needs to be done for our country, then again, what stake do we have in our country? What are we doing because? We have seen with Lusaka, we've seen with the Intercongolese Dialogue, we saw with uh, Sun City where the conference took place. The people weren't involved in the decision-making process. So now whether good or bad, we have five years to decide what direction does our country want to go. It's our country. We're the ones that have to decide which direction it wants to go. Outsiders won't do it for us. Otherwise, what's the point of saying we're a democratic public Congo but we have no democracy in reference to our people articulating what they want to do, where they want to go, and what kind of country they want to have. So in our remaining minutes here, let's see if I can give you a little cut here because we got to take this again one day at a time. So uh, let's hear what my outlaws have to say about this, all right? Hold on.
Uh, hold on. I love that beginning, people. I gotta come back to the beginning because I just love the, the beginning. How just uh, come a little bass, there, a little bump. And some people are looking at me. I'm getting emails saying, "Wait a minute, you, you play, actually play hip hop? I play anything I want to play. Let's get back to this one day at a time." And my colleagues, people out there, let's flow this one day at a time.
and we continue to grow on one day at a time. I like how Tupac said, our communities are in need of people that will lead. Who's going to lead people? You know, not everybody has to, not everybody has to be the leader. Not everybody can be the leader. So if your strength is not being the leader, don't be the leader. <laughs> All right. Another line that I spent my whole life fighting myself. We can't fight each other. The uh, fellow Connolly is not the enemy unless he's coming out the country. That's a little different than the Indian Connolly's no more. But people, we we have to make the decision. Too many people are out there wanting to be leaders and. They just want to be a voice. And so many people out there saying we have to have a political dialogue when it comes to DRC. We've had enough political dialogue. And on top of that, who's going to have a dialogue? The very same people that put us in this situation in the first place? Or is that a lot of these advocates or a lot of these people out there are just trying to get the point, get to the point of notoriety where that when they have a peace deal, you know, I think they would love to be invited to the table to speak on behalf of the Congo. I want to see them Congolese speak on behalf of the Congo. They actually care about the Congo. I saw our brother in Vemba, there's a lady speak in front of the uh, Senate hearing committee, I believe last week. I want to see that. The way he was breaking it down, the articulation, the flow, breaking down some points, the narrative of comparing the scenario up with Maine in reference to the scenario of East of uh, the Kivus when it comes to DRC as Maine relates to the United States. He made he made some points. Now, if someone that has some love for the country as he does, I have no problem. But a lot of these organizations are talking, well, let's have to do a political dialogue or, you know, a strong military doesn't make a strong country. That's nonsense. You don't see people trying to invade the United States uh, recently. You don't see no one trying to invade China. And you really don't see no one trying to invade North Korea, and half that population is starving. A strong country, a strong military supports a strong country because it defends the nation and it defends the people. That's just how it goes. That's just how it gets done. But if you have people out there who are trained by the West who are abusing the population, well, that's a little different here. But, you know, look, the military isn't the way it is in the East because the Congolese want it like that. There's a whole lot of people out there talking about we have to integrate the militias and CDMP and all those guys into the army, and the Congolese said no. But these other people say yes. So let's not let's not stop putting on the fi- the, the pointing the fingers at the DRC, all right, in itself. So people, look, you have six minutes left. My voice is going. Like I said, I'm getting over a severe strep throat. I said residual. We have New Year's Eve coming up. I said Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you guys, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah. We have six. We have five minutes left. Let's take it out with a little music, a little viracasa. I want to say to you guys, have a safe and happy prosperous New Year. To my colleagues, just remember who the enemy is. The enemy is us if we just take off the violence on each other. Let's decide what we're going to do. Let's have a dialogue with each other. Let's show the respect and let's show the love. It's our country. We have to have a stake in it. If you're not in Kinshasa or back home on the ground putting your life on the line by protest and speaking out, then you have to decide how can we support those people that are due speaking out. Because otherwise, what happens? We're going to see more of our Congo become someone else's Congo, and we're on the outside looking in. We got to change that. So let me get to you all early. A happy new year. Be safe. Sad you guys have been here live and direct in LA. I am gone. Let's go a little old school back in the day. Take it off air. I'm gone. Sangui, Il est toujours d'être aimé que d'aimer. Thank you. 
kumana yende kose nayo Soki mweza litoka wana Mabele kimote mamo bebie Na pesa yo liberte osakana Na boi miso nanga etala eloko Eloko eko bunga lobi o mama Sangi, sangi, sangi. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.